welcome to the Golf Lovers United podcast. Now, once again, it's the dull Bristolian tones of myself, Golf Lover UK, on the Instagram, on Twitter, wherever it might be. I got told off today by someone for not calling X, which I thought was quite weird. Don't care. And Jay, pro golf critic. How are you, my friend? Doing well, doing well. Ready to talk about um, all of the happenings this past week in golf. There's a lot going on, per, uh, per usual. Uh, mostly on-course stuff, but also some off-course stuff. So, uh, yeah, let's let's dive in. I think the off-course stuff is where we'll start. But just say Mark's not with us today. Um, he's fine. He's just away. And Jay and I, we're really sad with nothing else to do. So we're still here. Jay, <laughs> let's start off. Let's start off with what I consider to be... Let me let me throw things out. So well, let's talk about the Waste Management Phoenix Open. For many, many yeah. years, and I don't want to get too much into Zach Johnson's comments about it's always been <laughs> over the line for 21 years. Like That's simply not true. That That's no. just made up. Like 21 years ago, it wasn't over the line. I don't know why he said that, but no. he was angry and upset and didn't like the criticism of his PGA... Of his, um, Ryder Cup team and, I, and look, yeah. he was emotional when he said it and, and he even said I'm emotional I probably shouldn't say this but then went on to say it <laughs> but let's go through seven eight bullet points of what happened and just talk about the race management open had always been a fantastic event in a way that it was crowd crowd participation. It was fun. It was this. It was that. Bit more drinking. Bit of a celebration. It was the yep. it was the one time it happened on the PGA tour, and it was a bit of levity. But to use the the, mm-hmm. the phrase from Happy Days, they've truly jumped the shark. And I'm going to go through what happened. Yeah, a spectator injured falling from the top of the grandstand. Apparently, it's not yep. life threatening, but they were significant injuries, is what the report said. Yes. Significant, but yeah, non-life threatening. Yeah, felt like, like 20 non- feet or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a, a long way. It was a lady fell 20 feet. And, and, I, and I read she broken bones in her leg. The bro- bones Oof. in your leg could be a one small bone or it could be two or three. Who knows? Yeah. But falling 20 feet right. from a grandstand drunk isn't isn't ideal. Apologies if she For wasn't sure. drunk, but that's what the report said. There were over 17 different videos of fans fighting. So I saw someone had said there were 18, someone said, oh, it's 17. But regardless, <laughs> 17 different fights. Yeah, tomato, tomato. Like... having to close the gates. <laughs> Do you know why they yeah. closed it? I wanted to come all this night. Do you know why they closed the gates? Uh, because... Well, I I heard a couple things. One that there were too many people in there, um, and basically this uh, security and sort of ticket people left. So there were a bunch of people coming into the the <laughs> Phoenix Open without tickets. Like it was crazy. No, they were so, coming in with tickets from the day before. So people uh, would pick well, up the tickets from the day before. That too. That too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, when everything breaks down, like when you have like no security and and like people taking the scans like anything can happen like it could be people from the day day before it could be people without tickets it, it could be freeloaders like it could be a lot of things so i mean it sounds like that was part of the problem temporary booze bans yep if you're going to advertise your party as a drinking party either limit people or cut them off don't don't just cut everybody off it just seems a very weird thing to do Comment. I didn't yeah. see this, and if you know more about this, I'd love you to tell me about the commentators booing on sixteen. They were joining in the booing on sixteen. Uh, so can you can you share yeah. with me and some some of the listeners what went on there? Um, I didn't really hear hear about about that. But like, I wasn't 
to be clear, like I, I wasn't really watching mo- most of the Phoenix Open, which is fine. Like I was a little bit preoccupied with the live event, and uh, that, that's kind of how things go for me. Like when there's a, a live event, that's my primary focus. Um, and the P- PGA Tour event kind of gets uh, uh, pushed to, to the waste wayside. I think that it was sort of, you know. Uh, I, I'm guessing it was more of a fun ribbing type type thing and not like, you know, actually booing because like most most of the people booing like they're they're not <laughs> most of the people on 16 uh, at waste waste management. They're just not there for the golf. And this is something that I've been saying for years. Like, I don't know. <laughs> people talk about the waste management Phoenix Open as this like, oh, great opportunity to grow golf and stuff like that. But it, it's like when you have people coming to this event that aren't paying into attention to the golf is probably like 70 to 80 percent of the people are not really paying attention to the golf it's like what's really the point like they're they're there for the party they're there to drink they're there if like a few people start booing everybody's going to start booing it's just like a a, it's a herd mentality where like if if there's a few people paying attention to do certain things like everybody else is going to do it that's just how this event works so um i know that I, th- I think it was uh, Kisner and Smiley Kaufman that were that were on sixteen, and and I think that they they probably joined joined in because it's like this is just kind of how things <laughs> things go. Like they want to be part of the crowd, they want to be part of the environment, yeah. and and when everybody starts booing a bad shot, that's just kind of like what you do there. So it's it's uh, correct. It's not like for me. Like that's the thing. Like no. this event isn't for me. So people are going to do whatever they, they want to do. It, it's fine. But uh, yeah, a lot of the sort of um, a, <laughs> a lot of etiquette goes out the window for sure. I, I like it. Part of it is for me. I do enjoy the difference of it. So I know we differ on that. I don't want it every event. Mm-hmm. Quick correction. It wasn't 17 fights. Sorry, it was 17 videos of different people too drunk to stand. My my apologies. Oh. It was three. It was three fights. <laughs> three fights is still quite a lot of a golf event, if we're honest. Three fights is three too many. Still, like yeah. it, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's uh, it yeah. Seventeen there was just... people couldn't. Two, set videos of seventeen people too drunk to stand. Yeah. Apologies. It wasn't seventeen fights. It was. It was. It was the drunk to stand. But still, you shouldn't be. Maybe one or two people sometimes can't handle their drink and too drunk to stand. And you've got to think. If you've got 17 videos of people too drunk to stand, how many weren't videoed? There was a video yeah, of a exactly. guy sat down in one of the areas, oh. weeing himself onto the floor, <laughs> like, and just smiling yeah, as he bad. wet himself through his shorts. <laughs> and so very quickly, that's part of the- yeah, go ahead. Go on. Go for it. Yeah, I was just, just going to say, this is part of the problem with this event. Like, the, people start drinking so early, like... Uh, and this is some, something that I mentioned on on Twitter, like uh, people are like, oh, this is what, you know, live aspires to. And it's like, no, no, like this is not what anybody aspires to. Like nobody aspires to these events where, where people are drinking literally s- since like five, six a.m. Um, to, to, to the point where by the, by the end of the day, people are not paying to the attention to the golf. They're lucky to get home safely. Like there's going to be a fighting there's there's going to be all sorts of nonsense going on especially with everything going on in the golf world now like things are just very unsettled so i think when people are um uh, just sort of drinking early and like you know there's going to be conf- confrontations and other people are a little, little bit on edge anyway like a lot of these players are clearly on edge too like there's just going to be stuff that pops off and this is what you get like this is just part of the deal 
And then very quickly, um, two different players branded the event a shit show. Zach Johnson ended up <laughs> confronting spectators. Um, I don't, I'm not going to get into that. I, you, you believe, I know you believe that Ryder Cup doesn't matter who you pick with home advantage. I believe pick the best <laughs> players might have helped him, but he's got to be able to have the gumption to stand by his own decision and not cry and yeah. bring police over. <laughs> Like that's weird. I mean, is is there a bigger indictment? Is there a bigger indictment of Zach Johnson than like everything that's happened after the Ryder Cup? He's crying yeah. the last day of the Johnson. Ryder Cup. <laughs> I've heard people call him Karen Johnson. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of bad stuff going on with Zach Johnson right now. So, I mean, and he's been, he deserves to be heckled because like he was not a good captain. He was not a good leader. That was very, very clear from like, pretty much before mm. the the Ryder Cup even started. And then we've got um, the Sand Angel. I might have already said that. Um, Billy Ho confronting oh. a fans. Now, now, Billy Ho's a Marmite character. I like Billy Horshaw um, in, in the most part. I think sometimes Billy overplays certain things, but he seems to be quite, <laughs> try to play it quite straight. There's 45 million reason things he did overplay, and we always like to make that joke. But... <laughs> He's right. These are guys trying to do their job. Just be quiet yep. while we're trying to hit the ball. And I thought he was yep. in it well on his right to say that. But what led me to believe that, like, like the other stuff isn't enough to change, the fact that Billy Horshaw said, can you just effing be quiet? We're trying to do our job. And I got no issue with him saying that because he's right, was the fact Same. that they laughed at him and then booed him. So that shows to me, as you and I have said, they're not there for the golf. So... No. The fact they're not willing to be quiet when they're playing or when they're asked to play just says to me something is going to change. And there was a press release about 25, 30 minutes ago saying they're going to be reviewing it, this, that, and the other, and there will be changes. Yeah, Look, yeah. We could go on about this and we've got a podcast to do, but it can't happen like that again, can it? No. The problem is there's a very good chance of this happening again. <laughs> like That's the part of the problem. I think this event has gotten too big. Um, and I know that everybody, every PJ Tour supporter w- wants to like um, hang their hat on. Oh, this is the biggest event in golf, w- which it is. Like, look, there is no golf event that has more people than the waste no. the waste management Phoenix Open. The problem is when you have. I don't know if this ev- event can necessarily handle um, uh, any more spectators than it they already have. And then you, you start compounding issues with the uh, drinking from the crack of dawn with people that are a little bit more aggressive with players that are a little bit on, on, <laughs> on edge with like all of these other things in the ether. Like it's just a recipe for disaster. And um, I don't know what you, you can do to actually fix it. Like the only things no, that there, I can think of is one thing. Yeah. One thing really easy What's to the- do. You are not allowed to bring alcohol in with you. There was lots of reports about people bringing alcohol with them. Not allowed. Right. If you stop that, then they can't drink from five o'clock in the morning when they're in the yeah. queue. And yeah. don't open the bars until eight. I know that sounds daft, yeah. but if you don't allow people no. to drink their own beer yeah. and you don't mm-hmm. open the bars till a bit later, then that will maybe limit the consumption or or help delay the effects of that consumption. That to me seems to be a very easy thing you can do straight away. But I, yeah. I'm conscious, Jay, that you and I, without Mark steering control, have spent yeah. best part of 15 minutes, sorry, 12 <laughs> minutes already on this. Go on, one last there's, thing on There's it. one other thing. There's one other thing that they, they could do. They could make it a shotgun start and they could reduce the field. 
that would resolve it too. So I'll leave it there. Look, I know they're not going to do it. And I know we make jokes. I, at the very end of this podcast, I'm going to do a little thing for a one minute on the unspoken about real benefit of shotgun starts. And my brother-in-law was the one that said to me about it. And I think it was a really good idea. A really good, not mm. idea, a really good thing he noticed. I was describing the event to him and what was going on. And he said, oh, that's why shotgun start is so good. Um, Waste, let's 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 do the waste management things open event. Let's just run through the Nick Taylor with yeah. Nick Taylor with a win, having a fantastic season. Um, what about Charlie Hoffman rolling rolling back the years since 2016 yeah. was the last victory, a second place, mm-hmm. fantastic finish from Charlie. Big Shark logo on his back that went down well. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Hoffman. You know he's he's one of those guys that like. Uh, first of all, two years ago he was strongly linked uh to live at this particular event like it was it was yeah a pretty, when he said it was like, pretty, i won't have to put up with this shit any longer or something didn't he <laughs> yeah, about, about yeah he's being really rule, critical ruling. yeah yes he's being very critical of the pj tour rules of official and and mm-hmm. yeah there was a lot of stuff going going on that was sort of speculating him going um you know but i'm ha- happy to see him playing well like i <laughs> One thing I've noticed with everything going on with Liv is just the complete and utter disrespect of some of these great players. And I'm not saying Charlie Hoffman is necessarily like like an all-time great, but he's been a very solid PJ Tour player for 20 plus years. Like he's won on the PJ Tour multiple times. Um and it's been a while, but it's like look, uh, the majority of these guys are still capable of winning. Um I was actually going through uh the list of uh players that have one uh uh <laughs> that are a little bit older that like uh you know are still capable of playing good golf. Uh Charlie Hoffman last one in 2016. Pat Perez last one in 20 this uh 2017. Charles Howell the 3rd last one on the P, uh, PJ Tour 2018 and he obviously won on live last year. Uh and Danny Lee last one on the PJ Tour 2015. Uh, um, and he, he won on live last, last year. Like these guys are still capable of playing very good to great golf. They just have to have the the right opportunity and, and the right sort of things happen, uh, uh, to them during that, that particular tournament week. Yeah. And he, he didn't do, he, I know he didn't win, became second and yeah, but actually I know sometimes some of these, these PGA tour events are getting, um, attacked for not having what you and I might call it the stellar field, but look, fair play to PGA mm-hmm. tour. It was a pretty heavy laden star, big name, top, top 15, top 16. So like top 15, Matt mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick, Justin Thomas, Siwoo Kim, Cam Young, Adam Scott, Jordan Spieth, Sahith Thagala, who's just like an absolute young phenom who's coming on, Scotty Scheffler, Sam yep. Burns. It was a pretty loaded, pretty loaded 15. So for Charlie to compete against all of those, that was a, that was a fantastic effort. I know you and I yeah. are, we said it many times, we don't hate the PGA Tour. We just don't like the leadership or the way the PGA Tours run. It's nothing against the players or the institution that is the PGA Tour. It's, it's oh. about the leadership and, and what it represents and some of the things that have happened behind the scenes and what it's doing. We don't dislike the players. We don't think that we don't well, think the players are bad, do we? Well, look, some of the players don't do them themselves any favors too. Let's be clear. I like, mean on it's course. not just I mean on course. Oh yeah, on, on course. No, no. Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine on, on course. The the problem that I have with a lot of the people at the PJ Tour, this goes for the players too. There's a certain culture there that has been corrupted and rotten that like permeates all of the these things. And that's a trickle down from 
the leadership, like everything that's happened in the golf world the last two years has sort of exposed a lot of this stuff. So uh, when I see some of these players coming out in the media talking about, oh, we don't want the live players back and this, this and that. First of all, none of the live players really want to go go back at this point. That's like a whole nother, whole nother story. But um, I think that the culture there, there's still the PJ tour, the way that their model is set up, it's just not set up for success in, in the future. And I don't think that there's been any sort of uh, any acknowledgement like, oh, we need to, change this like from the very top down um i think they're still living 10 years ago uh, like oh now that we've got this infusion of cash from um ssg that everything is going to be good um i think there's a lot of stuff that still needs to change there if they are really going to be su- uh, uh, successful in the future and i'm not sure if they have the right people there maybe with ssg leadership coming in and sort of helping them uh sort of up level Maybe that's the catalyst needed to like really change the PJ Tour from the uh, from the inside out. Uh, that remains to be seen, though. Look, it's it is what it is. Um, there's very little at the minute that's going to be changed until we understand what's going on. And there are rumors of a PIF announcement coming in the coming days. I don't know how true that is. I'm hearing two very different things from two people. I. Mm. I trust and they've got completely different pieces of information yeah. and I don't, I'm not even going to go into what might be happening. It's coming out so soon. And by the time this comes out, it might even be revealed. So look, we will, we will know what we will know, but yeah, the PGA tour, I don't dislike the players. As you say, there's some, there's some things going on, but it was a great field. It was a great tournament. I didn't watch much of Saturday because I was watching live. I watched a little bit of the Friday, um, but I did watch a good amount of the Sunday and I think it looks like a fantastic, fun course. But what I will say is, I wonder what it's like without the stands. Is it just a? Is it? Oh, a, a, it's right. Is it just a boring desert there. course without the stands? Yes, yes, it is. It is. It's it's totally unrecognizable for the most part. Like a lot of the holes on the front nine, like they they don't have stands anyway, so it's kind of the same. But sixteen looks like a completely different. It looks like the most nondescript par three you've ever seen. Like it's not. There's nothing special about it. There, there's no special features. It's not that difficult. Like it's very, it's very much a non, a non-factor. Like it just is. So uh, I think 17 is an interesting hole. Uh, drivable par fours are, are, are always interesting when water's in play. Uh, and 15 is an interesting par five. 18 is kind of like not the greatest finishing hole in the world, um, but. Uh, you know, it's not that great of a course, to be on- honest with you. Like, it's the reason why it's on the P- PJ Tour and it hosts this event is purely because of the infrastructure. It's not necessarily because of the the uh, course design. Like, it just isn't. So, um, um, and like, you look, 20, what, what was it, 21 under that, that one? Like, it's not like the most difficult course in the world either. So, uh, and, and that that's at a par 71. So, you know, it is what it is. Look, the Phoenix Open, I was out on the, the Phoenix Open like five, six years ago. Like, it's just not for me. Like, um, and that's fine. Like, not every PJ Tour event or not every golf event or not every golf league has to be for me. Like, that's uh, one thing that I've realized that I want everybody else to sort of think about 
that is constantly sort of hating on live is like it doesn't have to be for you. There's obviously a market for it. So just like let it uh, let it be. And I'm I'm letting the Phoenix open be like I'm not saying, oh, they need to get rid of this. They, they need to do this, this and that. Like it just is what it is. And I'm perfectly fine with them keeping it um, as it is, even if it turns into a shit show in the future, too. Well, look, it is what it is. We're going to move on and we're going to talk about the Live uh, Vegas event, which now that Live the Vegas course, I was very, very, I was skeptical coming into that course. Hmm. I Fair. felt were Live just chasing Super Bowls. And I've already <laughs> done a sermon on why I actually think it's a really good idea. They should follow yep. the Super Bowl. Great way of doing it. Then the Pro Am was loaded. Stephen A, 27. Um, NFL players, there were basketball players. It was superb. Like the, the program was loaded. And now you've got names like Jake Paul getting involved with Brooks and all that mm. sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that course looked brilliant. I loved the look of it. I think it looked, and I loved a lot of people. Bearing in mind, I know things can sound a complete contradiction. I am a huge fan of Lynx golf, which I discussed before, yeah. and Heathland yep. golf. Yep. But I also love a course that winds around other people's properties and houses. And hmm. I think, and who I can't remember, who it was, I think it might have been Ferrity that said he's never, or it might have actually been Greg Norman, never known so many players hit um, provisionals in a, in a pro tournament because <laughs> you just didn't know if it was going to be in someone's garden. And I got that image of Matt Wolf with his heels on the guy's garden yeah. path playing. Oh, yeah, posted that. Yeah. Yeah, great. playing it literally about two inches off the gra- the gravel drainage ditch. And like the guy's just drinking two beers, just chilling out on it. And I, lo- I quite like when he went, when he winds it. And I thought the course looked really good. Yeah. But I want to just talk about the greens and putting. Now, we'll come on mm-hmm. to DJ Gooch, who line in a minute. Now, as many people will know, I've got a few golfers I absolutely really love and I'll go into bat for. One of which is Ian Poulter. Now, Ian yep. is a great bloke. Love him to bits. Really nice person. And I'll happily say this to Ian. He was number one in fairways hit. Number mm-hmm. three in greens and regulation. He was 48th in putting and finished 21st. Ooh. Yeah. Honestly. Right, 21st is a good... Stop it. 21st overall. But if yeah. you are one in fairways hit and three in greens and regulation... Yeah. And yeah. with 48th in putting, it's just going to kill you. It's shocking. It's shocking for Ian Poulter. Like, I mean, putting is is kind of what he made his name on for, you know, several decades at this point. Like, uh, but that was definitely a surprise. Hmm. It's not just Ian. Try this. Bryson DeChambeau, 10th in fairways hit. Second mm-hmm. in greens mm. and regulation. Tied 48th in putting. Hmm. Adrian Moronk, tied fourth in fairways hit, fifth in greens mm-hmm. in regulation, tied 38th mm-hmm. in putting. So you've got three guys there that have absolutely dominated fairways hit and greens in regulation and had bad putting yeah. weeks. Yeah. I, you've got to feel that if those three turn their putters around and they start putting, yeah. we're talking, we're talking like, where, where's Ian? One, two, three, four. If Ian was one and a half putts better per round, mm-hmm. he'd have finished one, two, three. He'd have finished ninth. Moronk would have yeah. finished, instead of being tied ninth with Bryson, they would have both finished 
fourth or third. Sorry. Right. But that that's the that's the difference. Like it's we're not even talking seven, eight putts better around. You're talking when you when you are that high in fairways and greens, you only need mm-hmm. to be one and a half putts better per round to move flying up that board. Yeah. Part of the issue is when you are uh, very high up in uh, greens and reg- regulation, like the the putting's not necessarily going to show. Like like sometimes you're putting your yourself in spots where you're like lucky to two putt. So, um, and I think that uh, Las Vegas Country Club certainly has greens where like there's certain places you did not want to putt from because it was like there was basically no chance of you getting in in one and it's, it's kind of a low probability of getting down in two. So, I mean, uh, that's the primary, uh, the defense of, of this uh, particular course. I've been to Las Vegas country club before. It's, it's actually a really convenient location. Like it's, it's uh, one of the three, clo- uh, three courses kind of closest to the Las Vegas strip, which is definitely something that, that they, you know, capitalize on. Uh, it's, it's a very old school course. Like it's been around since the sixties, basically since Las Vegas be- became a, th- um, a thing. And, and I still think that it, it holds up. Like I remember earlier in the week, people were saying, Oh, 20 plus under is going to win. And, and like, there's going to be pe- people on 59 watch. And I was like, I mean, if they put some of these pins in certain places, which again, the uh, greens are the primary defense, uh, nobody's going to sniff 59. Like it's going to be a very, very good, uh, good test. And that last day it was cold. It was windy. Um, and it was a struggle for like the leaders to even break par, like John Rahm shot over par, uh, Bryson shot four over. Um, it was not a pushover at all. Even DJ who won, he was only one under on the last day. So, um, it was it was definitely a, a really a really interesting course. I know it got taken out of the rotation at the Shriners like thirty years ago, but whenever it got <laughs> uh, taken out, um, I love these old school tracks uh, that like they make you think a little bit more. It's not just you know yeah. bombing off the the tee. The like you of have the to strap. Yeah, tightness yeah. of houses, fairways. Hit. It's it's really it's really big. I I I, yeah. I love these old school courses, and I, I was like, I know. Yeah, I'm not excited to see uh, JCB is going to be a great spectacular course because it's just so grand, but it's mm. it's built to be very different, and and it will have a completely different feel. I'm excited to see that yeah. too. But I love right. these old courses that plot their way. I know I know they're not going to ever go and do it, but. I would love live to go and play somewhere like Sunningdale or somewhere like mm. old school like that and yeah. plot their way around the course. And look, it's not that long. It's the defense again, mm. be the greens and a lot of that off the tee. Mm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, can, I completely agree. And I completely hear what you're saying. Yeah. Now you're a massive DJ fan. Tell me how happy you were to see DJ firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it was definitely time. Uh, you know, he uh, although, although look when he there, there's been a lot of quotes in, in the media about how he um, uh, his prep for the, the season wasn't uh, necessarily that uh, that deep. Except this is one of the things that I've told people about Dustin Johnson is that he's one of the most naturally gifted players uh, that we've ever, ever had in professional golf. Like. Uh, it, it doesn't take him that much prep time uh, to like start firing on all all cylinders. And honestly, he's at that age now. Like he's he's going to be forty this this year. 
where like practicing hard is like not necessarily the the best thing for him. Like he needs to balance, and it's a very delicate balance between uh, uh, preparation and execution and sort of preserving yourself so that you're fresh, uh, you know, down down the stretch of a tournament. And I think that uh, round two specifically, like he shot 62 and it, and it looked really, really easy for the most, for the most part. Like, I think that he was, uh, he was playing, he was locked in. And I think that last day, you know, everybody was hitting, uh, some loose shots because the wind was, was sort of up and it was, uh, definitely challenging to get around there. And scoring was, was not low that last day, but it's like, he hung in there. He made a birdie on 17 when he needed to, to, uh, to sort of get a, a little bit of a cushion. And then that last hole, um, like I was thinking, uh, when he hit his tee shot that, that he might con- consider laying up, but he, but he didn't, uh, he got a little, little bit of a fortunate drop, was able to hit it on the green center of the green two putt. Boom. Uh, that, that's all he needed to do. So, uh, uh, you know, DJ is really the, uh, a great combination of talent, uh, course management, um, and not, and not overthinking things. Like I, th- I think that's something that's very underrated about Dustin Johnson in his career. Like when he gets uh, firing on all cylinders, all he has to do is like execute. He doesn't have to play aggressively. He's going to make birdies. Um, and he, he wins a lot of golf tournaments that, that way. So uh, he, he yeah, really excited to see DJ doing, uh, doing well. And, and uh, shout out for uh, shout out to the four aces for the good, uh, good finish as well. Look, he played fantastic, and I, I don't want to. Oh, some, I, I sometimes think if we say things about people not playing well, we can be sound critical, but we we got to also address when people aren't playing well and when they are playing. So I know two two things here. <laughs> I want people to please put to bed someone's not a good golfer because they're getting older, and because they didn't necessarily <laughs> have a good year last year. Ian Poulter had a great round. Um, he was three under on the first day. And it slipped away a little bit, finished evens, ended up four under, finishing 21st, tied second lowest score on day three. And Ian Poulter mm-hmm. and Graham McDowell both, pro- both proved they are great golfers. To yeah. shoot nine under around that course. So Graham McDowell beat Casey, Kokrak, Ram, Moronk, Deshambo, Surat's obviously young, but Ketka, Hatton, Perez, uh, Puge, Bland, Watson, Cam Smith. We're not talking like. Graham McDowell's had a fantastic day and I think that there's so much disrespect goes to those players and I understand that people want to try and beat people because that beat people verbally I mean because that's what they want to do but you also sound if you want to say that Graham McDowell can't play golf you're a bit stupid like he's (laughs) one of the best 150 200 golfers in the world regardless what your rankings say if I had to have him play if I had to have Graham McDowell play for my life versus I'm going to pick the 50, whoever, whoever those bottom, Fabrizio Zanotti or Josh Grenville Wood <laughs> or Alfredo Garcia Herrera, who were the, who finished, they made the cut on the DP World Tour, who I imagine are all probably ranked above Graham McDowell. I think yep. people say silly things about people like Graham and like Ian Poulter. Yep. Like, I think it's just sometimes goes a little bit far, but I do want to say, Jay, yes. because I do want to say, What's happened with Brandon Steele? He has, he had, he's, he looks to have dropped off as does, as does Swafford. I know Swafford is dealing with injuries, but 
There seems to be a couple of players at the minute at the bottom that aren't playing great. Andy Ogletree, I do think Andy will come good. Maybe there's some pressure, yeah. maybe there's some stiffness, but there are a couple of players yeah. now who two events in a row haven't had a great performance, haven't played very well. Are you concerned about Schwartzel, Steele, Keimer, Swafford, Ogletree, or are you just like, it's too early to be worried? Yeah, I think it's too early to be worried. I think that it's always interesting seeing what what happens early in the season. Like people were concerned about Peter Uline last week because he finished. I know he's in the in the bottom three last last week, and this this week he finished the second. So um, there's horses for courses too. I do think that Mayakoba um, and Las Las Vegas Country Club had some similarities. Uh, the difference is that at Las Vegas country club, you didn't have to be on your P's and Q's every single hole. Like, yes, there was definitely out of bounds sort of lurking on, on sort of a handful of the holes. Mayakoba, there's out of bounds and sort of mangroves lurking on, on every single hole. <laughs> so there, there's a little bit of a difference there. You, there, there was a little bit of a wider margin for error at Las Vegas country club. Um, even though there was a lot of. There was a lot of provisionals, a lot of penalty shots. That being said, I still think it's really early in the season. Uh, there's there's definitely a couple of guys that we have to uh, kind of keep an eye on, though. I think Ogletree is definitely one. I think all the high flyers. Let's let's just <laughs> let's just call a spade a spade. Like the high flyers in general, um, everybody needs to sort of step it up a little bit. Um, and, I think and the, that and the uh, same, in, worry, worryingly, worryingly, a player who played very well last year, who's had a dreadful start by his standards, is Mito Pereira. Like a tied yeah. forty three and a forty ninth. Like he's he's gone from yeah. being a fantastic contributor to that Torquay team, and Torquay are going to struggle because if Mito Pereira is turning out a th- forty three and a forty ninth, and Ortiz is, do, is giving you a forty three and a thirty ninth, you are, you are struggling. Day day three, yeah. you've got nothing because they are those four scores count. Yep. Yeah, and I think Ortiz is another one that's kind of struggled a little bit too. I think Ortiz and Pereira, like I definitely expected their floor to be higher than where where it is now. So um, again, I think it's still early in in the season. I think that we'll know a lot lot more after the next couple of events in Saudi and Hong Kong. I'm actually really excited for uh, Hong Kong. Um, I think yeah. that that's a really interesting course and sort of feeds into your uh, sort of thing about, about sort of old school courses and, and Hong Kong golf club has been around for over, over a hundred years. Like, if I could go to any event really this year, it would be Hong Kong. Yeah. Same. It's mo- money. Yeah. No Hong, object, Hong Kong's going to go to Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hong Kong's going to be spectacular. Just, yeah. Just two more things. You mentioned mm-hmm. high flyers, but in all fairness, the high flyers, you've got Ogletree in DFL, Phil also in tied 38th, but then Brendan's 31 and Chungali's 27. Not great, but Brendan and Cameron, I mentioned Brendan earlier, maybe a bit premature. He did finish 21st in the first event. But the Iron Heads, you've got one, two, three of their four players in tied 38th, which is, is the last place at the minute, is the way, the, the way it's done. Yeah, that's not a good look for the league. It's 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 a team that needs to be a bit stronger, and how that happens, I don't know. But I do want to give one yeah. big shout out, who a guy who took his chance, I think, in many ways, and I really hope we see him back. Obviously, played as a wild card in two events with Laurie Cantor. Mm. I think Laurie has Surprise. been absolutely yeah. superb. Fifteenth yeah. in the first event, twenty first last week. That twenty one last week was brutal because. 
he, he, I, think, I think he had a bogey, double bogey to go from what yeah. would have been ninth to 21st. So, but these yeah. things happen. But I have yep. noticed on the Laurie Cantor thing, Laurie is playing in the DP World Tour next weekend. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, okay. so Laurie is in the, let me, bear with me, caller. Um, <laughs> Laurie is in the Magical Kenya Open. He is in the rank, he is in the list of players, entry list of players available. So he is in there. Interesting. As, as a, yeah, as a listed player. So I'm not sure yeah. what agreement has been mm-hmm. reached. He, he obviously wasn't kicked off the DP World Tour for playing in live. So has an agreement no. been reached where he's allowed to do that? What, what do we know what's going I yeah. don't know what's going on. <laughs> this, I, 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 no. I thought, I thought you were either off or on, but it looks like Laurie's and I'm really happy for him. Like I am, this is how it should be, right? Let's be honest. It yes. should be. Yes. Laurie went to play those two events. Now he's free. Mm-hmm. He's going to go play some DP world tour events. That's how it should always have yeah. been. But I didn't know that's yeah. what was happening. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with like, he isn't a contracted player at live. Like maybe that has some, something to do with it. Cause he's not on a, on a team. Like he's, he's, he's doing the wild card thing. Like, uh, it could maybe also that, that's be. like a, that he's also got a right to finish there. So I'm looking at it and he's under category mm. 19 that he's got an exemption. So I wanted to do mm. exempt. Well, no exemptions don't matter because Louis would have one from his win in Malaysia. So Louis would, Louis have, would have one. Joaquin Neiman would have one. Yeah. 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 So maybe, there, there's a- maybe that's what you're right. Yeah, there's a lot of things that need to be sort of sorted out, especially with, with the DP World Tour stuff. Like, honestly, they need to just <laughs> the European Tour de- needs to get their act act together and, and just go ahead and align with the uh, PIF and live now or else like risk completely falling into irrelevance. Like that's that's basically the only solution that's going to be like viable to them moving forward, because this like deal that they have with the PGA Tour now is a total disaster. no. There's no European Tour fan that likes that deal with the PJ Tour, and um, if if you have that option or you have this other option where you can have a lot of these live players playing in a lot of your events, that seems like the the best option to me. It's going to increase the value of the OWGR points in those those fields. Like it, it's going to make it more compelling television. Like the whole thing resolves itself if you align with the the piff and live and it's like shocking to me that that hasn't happened yet um i think that it will i think that's going to be the, the sort of outcome of this quote-unquote merger with that's not actually going to be a merger um i think that that's the thing that, that makes the most amount of sense so um again that that's common sense and Nothing in golf has been common sense the last like two years. But this so, Laurie thing is, and I'm glad I'm I'm delighted yeah. for him. He's played two events on Live. He's earned some good money. What will he have earned? About two hundred thousand for last week and the week before. Not that money matters, but hey, we all got to earn cash yeah. to put food on the table. He'd have got two hundred thousand pound for last week, and he'd have got um, dollars. Probably sorry. about the same and this week. And he'd yeah, have got two fifty the week before. So great. Now go and yeah. play on the European Tour, and, and if he can wild card on Live again, great. Interesting to see yeah. if he does wildcard on live in Saudi because he will literally mm-hmm. have to go from Kenya to Saudi. The entry list isn't up for the South Africa SDC event. I'm just looking. There is no mm-hmm. event info for the players who are listed right. to play. Right. So that that isn't that well, isn't on there at the minute. So we can't comment on that. 
there's there's rumors about who that other wild card is gonna uh, gonna be. I don't know if you want you want to talk about that that now. Obviously, Hudson Swafford's gonna be the wild card. He's he's already signed for the full season. Um, and if Laurie Cantor's not not gonna be there, there's been strong rumors that Anthony Kim is gonna make his debut um, at the Saudi Saudi event. I don't think that's confirmed yet. However, that seems to be like they're they're keeping out that spot open. Uh, for Anthony Kim specifically, which could be interesting. Like, I'm not an Anthony Kim fan. I've said that uh, prior. Like, I don't really understand the, the appeal, but it is like a really interesting, sort of intriguing thing if he is going to yeah. be playing in some live events this this year. And if you are going to let him start somewhere, start where the media aren't going to be. Just let him get on and play <laughs> yeah. his golf. Give give him the best chance of playing the best golf he can and not have to yeah. field 30 questions in a presser from 30 different media outlets, which would be the same question 30 times because no one cares to do anything different. So let, let him I, go and play golf. <laughs> I would love right. it if the corrupt golf golf media was, was forced to uh, attend an, an event in, uh, in Jeddah. That would, that would just, not, just not, be not just sure the, get a, not sure they get a visa, mate. No, but <laughs> anyway, right. Um, where Fair are point. we? So we've done, we done Laurie. Um, Tommy Ladd. Spotted. Oh, now, yes. I, I, sometimes I congratulate myself and I pat myself on the back because why wouldn't I? Because no one else does. <laughs> so I, I said on Twitter or X, because I've been told off, I said it earlier, I got told off for saying Twitter, not X. Some people are really weird. Anyway, I believe what is why wouldn't tommy go and see his friends now i i never said anything about going to live and he this means he's playing there were people of course oh my god he's gonna go play for live and there were pga tour fans went go just go you can't win on our tour anyway it's like oh mate have a day off have a minute off the pga tour fans are so scared well not all some were so scared that he was gonna go that they started saying bugger off now my point is if you're in Vegas with Butch Harmon playing golf and 10 of your friends are playing golf down the road, why wouldn't you go and see them? Why wouldn't you go and say, oh. look, and we know he's had an offer. Yeah. Why not go and see what it's all about? If you've got an open yes. day for a university or an open day for an internship or a job, you go and have a look at it. It doesn't mean he's going to take a job, but why right. on earth do people have to get angry, Jay, that he went? They're his friends. <laughs> Would they rather? Well, first of all, st- yeah. one second, would yeah. you? Would they rather he stands up on a, sits down on the stage with the microphone like some of the other guys have done, slagging off his friends? Because to me, that's more bizarre yeah. that you would criticise your friends. What isn't bizarre is going to see them. <laughs> some of these P- PGA Tour stands and sycophants. That's exactly what what they want some of these players to do, but. No, I got tipped off to this very early on that that like a lot of this uh, quote unquote drama between players is just not is not the case. Like I know that like uh, Brooks and DJ spend time with with Rory and like you know Shane Lowry at their club in South South Florida. Like this is not uh, these guys still all talk. Like they're all a lot of the, these guys that are friends or have been friends in the past are still friends. A lot of them are, you know, uh, in communication very, very frequently. So to see Tommy there wasn't a surprise to me. I actually got tipped uh, tipped off to it very 
um, early on. Actually, in the I think it was the our practice round or the pro am day, somebody was telling me that uh, Tommy was probably going to be there the next day, and and there he, <laughs> there was. I got sent sent a picture that I um, I wasn't going to post, but then a bunch of people post posted pictures of. Of, of Tommy with his hoodie up thinking that like he was going incognito. But um, w- when, when you're, when you have a distinct look like, like Tommy Fleetwood, like people are going to probably pick you out. So um, I, th- I think that it, w- it was good though. It just shows you that like these guys are friends, especially if they've been part of these team competitions, like the Ryder cup, uh, like Tommy was there, he was hanging out with Sergio. He's hanging out with Rom and Terrell Hatton and like all these guys that he's known for, a decade plus. So um, I thought it was great to see. I want to see more of it. Honestly, um, I know, I think it was last year. We saw Graham McDowell at a, a PJ tour event. I can't remember which, which one I think it was. Um, I think it might, might've been Bay Hill actually that he went, he went to. So look, these, these things are going to continue to happen. Um, everybody just needs to calm down. Like, Yes, there is this divide in, in the game sort of that's perpetuated by the by the media and perpetuated by a, a lot of um, um, accounts on Twitter and, and social, social media that, again, I'm not sure how real that actually is. So um, I think that everything is fine. I think that uh, <laughs> look, would it surprise me to see Tommy Fleetwood on live in the next year? Absolutely not. Like, I think that it's. Uh, probably more likely than not that he is at some point, but um, because he he fits that that brand. And if look, Terrell Hatton's going to come over. The, it's like why wouldn't Tommy Fleetwood come over? So yeah, and look, we'll see. We already know. We already know with some of the teams that if if what we always thought was going to be true is that for twenty twenty five they're going to go to sixty players and 15, and fifteen mm-hmm. teams of four. They've got thirteen teams a minute. They they need two more teams. They need. Six yep. more players, assuming they don't lose anyone. We know there'll be some ups and downs. They probably need to find 12 players, either via recruitment or promotion. And so mm-hmm. I want to talk about next week's show is an idea I've got for promotion. I want to talk about that, and I'm not going to talk about it now because mm-hmm. I'll spend hours talking about it. But if he goes across, he goes across. I think that it's great yeah. that he went to see his friends. I think it's perverse to think he shouldn't go and see his friends rather than, than he did go yeah. to see them. I think that it's completely normal. Right, last but not least. Yeah. My brother-in-law doesn't watch a lot of live golf, maybe watches like 10 hours a year, and that, like, that includes the majors. He, he's, he likes to play, doesn't watch any golf really. But we're talking mm. about about the about Vegas. And he said, well, that's <laughs> the real benefit of um, shotgun start, isn't it? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the fact that as players are playing well against each other, they're moving in real time rather than have yes. a player that goes out up front and then you watch to see if they can catch. Yes. I said, yeah, I never even re- I never even put two and two together. I just liked that it was happening yeah. because yeah. you saw those players. What we had, I think we had six players tied on 11. Then it was three on 11, three on 10. Then it was two on 11, four on 10. And then it was four, 11, two. And they were just, I said, they were trading <laughs> blows. It was like, they were like, up here, down there, up here, down there. And I think that is an unspoken real benefit of the in live experience of shotgun start is that you can actually see players going back and forward against each other up and down that pylon i don't like the word pylon by the way but hey it gets used up and down the scoreboard i love the pylon 
It's a scoreboard. <laughs> let's not let's not be silly. Uh, up and down that scoreboard, up and down that scorecard, up and down it. And I like that. And I don't think that is something that I had appreciated. Oh, hang on. I mm. appreciated it was happening, but I never went, oh, that's happening as a direct result of shotgun start. Do you think people have yeah. really given that the value because of that? Uh, probably, probably not because it's still so, uh, so new, but that, that was one of the things that was excited to me about live is just the volatility that comes with, uh, everybody being on, on the course at the same, uh, same time. And, uh, look, this is one of the things that like, I don't want to, uh, slag off the masters, but I am, um, that that's one of the things that like you have at Augusta, Augusta national when you have someone, uh, that that's like, uh, doing really well on the back nine and they, they post an, a number, but like <clears throat> a lot of those players haven't gone through to play those par fives yet that chances are they're going to pick up a couple shots and, and maybe another one on, on the way in. Uh, so it, it's like a false lead almost like, yeah, you're the leader in the clubhouse, but um, it's going to take someone um, not playing well down the, the stretch uh, uh, to not exceed that number. So, uh, that, that's something to me that's like, and I think on the broadcast, they, they do a really good job of, of sort of citing that volatility. And I think that's one thing with the teams too, uh, especially, uh, championship Sunday, well, championship Saturday this past week, but the, uh, final day with all four scores counting and you have all these players throughout the course. Some of them are ab- about to hit really hard holes. Some of them are about to hit really easy holes where there are chances are they're going to make make birdie. It's like those are the things that I think that they're going to continue to get better about highlighting as the sort of event materializes. I think that that's something that that's really cool and it and adds another dynamic. And again, a lot of the traditionalists they don't like it because they want to know where players are on, on the court. They want to know that everybody's going to finish on, on um, 18 and there's plenty of golf out there for you to follow that. Like that's live is, is different. Live is doing things differently where you have these different dynamics that are maybe going to attract fans that are not watching these other golf tournaments. Like that's literally the whole point of live golf (laughs) is to do things differently so that you have a a chance of bringing in new fans and like people that like wouldn't watch traditional golf events. Um, You know, and I think that that's exactly what, what's happening, what's happening. So I think in the next few years, that's something that's going to continue to be highlighted. I think that new fans and actually my brother's a great example. Like he, he loves that too. Like he loves the volatility of, of like how things can change mm. with like different players of like various parts of the course and the uh, team stuff. Like he really like, likes it too. Like this is a real thing. Like people are going to pretend like, like it isn't. And that's totally fine. They're going to be pretending that it's not a thing for the next, you know, X years. That's fine. Whatever. That's their opinion. They can have their opinion. There's going to be a lot of fans that are not currently golf fans that live brings in. And I think that there's no yeah, question think, about that. I think that's, um, and I know people are going to listen to this and go, Ben's talking bullshit, but I think anyone that gets to know me knows that I haven't got the good enough memory to, to make shit up. Like that just isn't my way. <laughs> my friend Tom was over my house, um, on Sunday afternoon, he and his daughter came over. We had some food together and Liv was on in the background and the Range Goats logo was there. And Annabelle just went, oh, Range Goats, they're in number one. Range Goats are first. And Tom looked at me and went, what? And I was like, mate, I said, 
who doesn't really care about any of the players. She doesn't right. care about the players. She knows Bryson. She knows a couple of people that I've met and spent time with and I played with. She knows a few of those mm. that, because I talk about them. But she doesn't really care about the players. She cares about that pink badge, rain goats, range goats. And the first thing she said to me on Monday, when she got up, we, we, and on Monday, on Sunday, so it was on Sunday, we had, Saturday they came over. It's the first thing she said to me Sunday, we just chat in the morning, she comes into our room, and she said, Daddy, did the range goats win? That's what, like, <laughs> maybe the second thing she said to me. Yep. And I'm like, no, they didn't, sweetheart. Yeah. And I know people think it's crap, and I don't care if you do, but yeah. that's a great example. My daughter doesn't care at all toss about the players she thinks Bryson's beautiful there's a vi- there's a couple of videos coming around where I played golf with Annabelle and like she pretends to be Troy Mullins and I pretend to be Bryson because she because Bryson's beautiful and she thinks her daddy's beautiful and obviously she's blind but I love her but she doesn't care about the players and you're right they're going to bring in people that care about different things there's a five-year-old yeah. girl doesn't care a toss about the golfers but cares about whether the range goats were not and she doesn't really understand what it's about but it piqued her interest and she wants to, and like we had the golf on for 35 minutes and she never asked for it to be turned off. We were all, all eating dinner, all watching the TV on the background and she never asked for it to be turned off. And she, and yeah. then, then um, the crushers, cause I've got that crushers hat and that crushers shirt and the crushers came up into third place. She went, oh, the crushers are third. And like, Tom was like, what? And he starts laughing because she knows, <laughs> knows some of the teams. She knows some yeah, of the kids- teams. Yeah, kids love teams. They they love logos. I think the the Rage Goats did a really great job at, at just having a very striking logo that's going to get people's attention. And and I've been on the driving range, you know, the last like couple months, and I've seen m- more live gear. Like usually, like this the same same time last year, I was the only one wearing anything really to live golf. Now yeah. I see other people in, in Aces hats. I see see people in Range Goats hats. I see people. Uh, so I saw a guy with a Crusher shirt on for like fairly recent recently. So I, mm. I think that this is something that's going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to get people's attention. I think the players are one part of it. I think that the logos and the branding and the cross branding that that's going to happen. Like that's where you're going to unlock so much potential in this and it's something that like everybody needs to keep an eye on and that's again i've said this a bunch of times but that's one of the really interesting and cool things about live golf is because we haven't had this in golf before so for uh, traditional golf fans to not like have an appreciation for that um i get it in in one way but it's also like it blows my mind in another way because it's like they're all talking about, oh, we, we want to make golf golf bigger. Like, this is kind of your opportunity to do it. This will do it. Okay, last but not least, well, two things. Two last but not least. This is the housekeeping, yeah. everybody. Look, if you want to support the podcast, please go to gluc.com forward slash support. You can join one of our membership programs. It'd be great to have you on board, help us with the production of the show and paying editor bills and all that sort of stuff. Be great rather than me and Jay and Mark pay them ourselves and Mark do the lion's <laughs> share of all of that work. Bless him. He does 99.9% of everything. Be great to not have to do all that ourselves. And to let you guys know to put the 23rd of July into your diary because that is looking like the provisional date for the Golf Lovers United UK Golf Tournament. Now, there will be more details to follow and if you are a supporter, you will get a first right to enter that event and to come and join us and we will have more information coming out in the next 
I want to say two to three weeks, but we got the date. We think we've got the venue. We're just firming a few bits up regarding entry fees and sponsorship and whatever else we can do. And I'm excited, Jay, because have you got that passport sorted? That's what the listeners want to know. They're not, they're, they're only tuned in to get to have you got your passport sorted or not. Look, all the paperwork's been submitted. It's just all sort of, you know, timing at this point. Uh, I'm I'm yeah, sure it'll happen submitted. before July. We're all That's happy straight. it's been submitted. Yeah. Right. So, well, yeah, we'll, we'll just ha- have to wait wait and see. Like, I, I think it'll be fine. I think I'll have it in time. And, and look, if there's any haters that, that want to confront me in person, like, I will uh, come one, come all. Like, I am happy to talk off with um anyone uh it's not something uh granted yes on, on social social media I've, I've gotten to the point where i've blocked a lot of haters because i just i, I don't have, anyone face to face is going to be fine everyone's going to get on have a great yeah. time and i don't, I don't think anyone's going to sure. come to our, come to our tournament they don't like you <laughs> <laughs> Look, well i guess you never know but <clears throat> no no i agree ladies i agree no that yeah I'm done. <laughs> people in person, people in person are much different than on social social media. That that much is very very clear. Look, Jay, I know that. We know that. Everything, everyone, everyone gets on in the end. It's only golf, and um, yes, we can always be a bit kinder to each other. And I'm very happy that I'm going to say goodbye to you now. I've got to go home. I've got some work to do when I get home. Jay, you've got a full day ahead of you because it's it's ten past six here in the UK. And what time is it there? Ten past nine? Ten past ten? Uh, no, ten after ten. So yeah, ten after ten. Ten past ten. Yeah. So, so I got a full got day, day ahead of you. Yeah. I got a full day done. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Mark will intro and outro this because he's so much better than I am. But once again, twenty third of July, pencil it in your diary. We think it's going to be limited to either 27 or 35 spaces. So we will know all that information and share that next couple of weeks. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.